I'm Nels Anderson. And I'm Jesse Turner. I'm Eddie Boxerman. And I'm Dave Burke. And welcome to Terminal 7. So we're, we, we're having a weird guest cast for this. Oh, God, what is this? 26? Sure, Nels. I think so. It's let's, 26 or 27. Let's something say 26, like 27. Right. Somewhere around there. We're terrible. Um, we were going to record some episodes of GDC, but actually, Jesse and I barely saw each other at GDC at all. Yep. We I, have... I planned it that way. It, good. I did work strong. <laughs> I'm so sick of Nels. I'm so Sorry, sick. GDC, for folks who are not aware, Game Developers Conference, big, awesome Brad get together in San Francisco. Yep. Um, we did have an awesome Netrunner meetup. I got to play against Quinn. So did I. You did the next day. I did. I got thrashed by his goddamn Gagarin deck with the scoring remotes. Two ashes and an NAPD contract in it. And, yeah. and I called him out for not firing Logos. <laughs> <laughs> he told me about that. But he actually stopped me, so it was fine. Yeah. Okay. It was great seeing you, Quinns, if you're listening. So yep, you it was awesome. But, so instead, we serendipitously happened to land a different guest cast with two other awesome friends. Cool, who's here? We are at the Terminal City Tabletop Convention in lovely, technically Burnaby, I guess. <laughs> Burnaby. Burnaby, British Columbia, with our friends, Eddie and Dave. How's it going, guys? Very well. Thank you. Um, so, Eddie and Dave are also game developers. Man, our guest list. It what is, a pedigree. It is, <laughs> it's, it's sophisticated, but also narrow. It's <laughs> of a classical education. That's right. <laughs> um, so, what do you all do? Uh, Eddie, what have, you, what have you done in the past? Uh, past. You made a cool, you worked on a very sweet game called yes, Osmos. That, yeah, okay, so pre, yeah, okay. I'll start from there. Went, yes. went indie. Developed Osmos, yeah, created Osmos. This awesome, uh, various... very chill, kind of physics-y sort of iPad game. Yeah, started on PC, Mac, Linux, oh, it did, and then right. migrated yeah. to touch-tronic devices. Uh, yeah, iOS and iPad and all that Android goodness. Worked better on touch. Sure. That's so why I always remember tuned. it as, as an iOS game. Way better tuned game Because you're like iOS swelling up this weird, and you're, you have this like gravity well almost. It just kind of like... Yeah. Warbles around sometimes in a weird around, star you're field. In orbit. Sometimes yeah. you're like just congested and trying to puzzly work your way out. Yeah. All very physicsy and procedural. Yeah. And chill. <laughs> it is very chill. Red soundtrack too. Yeah. Um, and then what? Um, Dave and I have been working on a number of prototypes over the last little. I mean, gazillion oh, oh. ports. But then prototypes, and then next thing you know. We're making a card game. Yeah, we're going to talk it a about card that game. in just a minute. Yeah. Make it a card game. How about you, Mr. Burke? Yeah, Eddie and I, we know each other from the grad school days. Hilariously, we all went to grad school at the <laughs> yeah. same university. The same grad school. Oh, sorry, yeah. the three of us. That's not right. not me. Okay. The, 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 the creative person instead of us, our, <laughs> us, us barmy technical folks. Um, That's right. The three of us all went to the University of British Columbia for master's in computer science. That's right, yeah. But I think there was a four, three or four year gap between when y'all started and That's when right, I yeah. started. So after, after grad school, we both, Eddie and I both went off to separate AAA jobs. He was at Ubisoft in Montreal, and I went to mm. Epic Games in North Carolina. I didn't realize you used to work at Epic. I was, cool. yeah. Okay. You, know, you know Lee Perry? <laughs> Do I know Lee Perry? <laughs> I love Lee Perry. I don't know if Lee Perry listens to this podcast. I'll send him this. Yeah. Oh, wicked. He and I are BFs. Like, he's, he went indie too. Oh, yeah. If he doesn't play Netrunner, he should. Don't he should. tell Mike Capps, former Epic Games CEO, this, but I think Lee Perry left the company largely inspired by my... Oh, <laughs> oh I love it. Record. I, think, I think there were some problems in the HR department after I left. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like but, a sieve. Yeah, exactly. So I was on the Unreal 3 engine team. Mm. Nice. Worked in Gears of War and Unreal Tournament. Nice. And I got pretty burned out with AAA, like... Kind of existential oh, crisis. Like you do. I know. Part of it was I wasn't plugging into suburban American lifestyle that well. 
Can you, it was a bit maritimer, of, right? Yeah, I'm from the east coast of Canada. There you go. Um, it was yeah, very suburban, very American. It was North Carolina, south of the Bible Belt. Yeah, yeah. Mason Dixon line, you know, kind of thing. So it's, it's North Carolina. No, North Carolina. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't I don't like grits. <laughs> it's because they, they're awful. They taste like sand. Yep. <laughs> it's wet sand. No amount of sausage gravy added to sand makes sand taste good. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. I had a and lot now of we just lost all of our southern. I know. Listeners. I'm sorry. About that. <laughs> Damn it! Hey, everyone comes. Everyone's got a place they call home. That's right. That wasn't my home, so there was part of it that a lot of great like relationships there. Yeah. But anyway, it wasn't a good fit for me, so I came back to Canada. Toronto. Moved to Toronto. I'd awesome. never lived in Toronto before. Really enjoyed it there. So about a year after leaving Epic in 2008, Eddie and I started chatting because he was, he had been working on Osmond for a couple of years at that time. Yeah. And I guess you wanted to polish it up for an IGF submission. That's right. Yeah. And so you Number said, two. hey, yeah, second time. And you're like, hey, Dave, you're not busy. You want to hop on. So I hopped on and did some engineering work on the game for mm. a few weeks. And then that IGF submission was super well received. Like it won some awards. Yeah. So he's like, yeah. yeah. And suddenly was like, oh, we can go yeah. indie. Put a big, <laughs> right, right, right. I, Put a big spotlight like, on, like give it that sort of like bootstrapped cred. Right. Yep, right, right, yep, right. To get, get the ball rolling. So then we, yeah, we decided to polish the game, flesh it out, and like put it up for sale. And In addition to Andy Nealon, who's also been on the cast yes. in the past. Yep, so true. it's kind of, it's kind of like true, the three yeah. of you guys are like the Osmos trifecta, basically. Yeah. Andy, was, Andy helped out with the first IGF submission. Actually. Ah, there we yeah. go. Andy, really <laughs> that, yeah. Yeah, Andy and I didn't overlap, actually. Like, oh, yeah. interesting. So yeah. it was like Although they know issue. each other well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we do quiz through UBC. He was back in the UBC. Right, right, right. He was yeah. a Darmstadt <clears throat> exchange student. Um, and there are so many... Yeah. Uh, still, so like I remember when I was there, there, there was like yeah, there were like four German guys yeah, and one lady, always, all from Darmstadt. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. that's it. So anyway, yeah, Osmos was the PC version of Osmos, as Eddie said. The iOS versions were awesome. Android version we did a multiplayer port as well. Oh Technically yeah, that took a while. Interesting. I was believe that. <laughs> so we were kind of doing Osmos stuff until at least 2012, pretty much full time that whole time. Yeah, yeah. And then around that time, I kind of started going off and doing monkey business with like new tech and new stuff. And you were still pretty involved with a lot of the yeah, iOS stuff, like managing the Android guys and all that kind of stuff. And so for about a year, I was setting up tech. And then I guess probably about a year and a half ago was when the serious prototyping started. And then Karmica was born about a year ago. Which is y'all's card game. That's right. That's the card we'll game. We'll talk about that we'll talk a little about. bit. Yeah. And we've been working on that mm, three-quarter-ish time each for the yeah, past year or so. Right. Yeah. Sweet. So, yeah. Cool, cool. But you all both love Netrunner as well. We do indeed. Card games. This man here introduced me to card games in the first place. Oh, God. Really? Gathering. He pulled out the magic oh, box from, from the cupboard. <laughs> and he's yeah. like, Really? What's this? this? Like, oh, those are magic cards. It's like finding your best <laughs> cigarettes in the bowl. Like, <laughs> what are these? Like, let's play. I've heard about this game. It's good. Let's learn how to yeah. smoke. Yeah. What's this? Spark, spark, spark. spark. Well, no, put, put that back. Yeah. We're not going to yeah. play that. <laughs> if you ask me again on another day, I will show That's you. That's right. This is your warning. That is going to it. And then you guys will have to play the whole carton. Yeah, that's, that's right. right. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. And then yeah. he asked again. And oh, then man. And then I spent 20% of that year's scholarship on cards at Johnny's Wax Packs at 2031 <laughs> Bar. <laughs> yeah. Johnny's Wax Packs? Yeah, I was his comic shop, the guy. Wow! Super shy guy, super nice guy, very quiet, yeah. very soft-spoken, shoegazery guy, who had this like, hole-in-the-wall card shop, and Johnny's Wax some singles and An easy walk, about four or five exactly. blocks. Exactly. Right? Oh, like, man. Go to the grocery store. That place is definitely store, not around anymore. Shop, 
Yeah. So anyway, so yeah. I, live I, I the life. Live the life That's of grad students. <laughs> I know. I know exactly that freedom. So. And had you all played anything basically since Magic, or was just kind of like Magic, and then didn't really follow up with anything else, and then Netrunner? In terms, in terms of card games? games? Yeah, yeah. yeah. In terms of like collectible building card games, not like board I guess probably, game to be honest, games. yeah. I played Magic a bunch. I for, draw- yeah, for like uh, like constructed like not deck building ascension yeah, yeah, yeah. dominion style but like yeah putting together a deck pretty much magic and then netrunner were those mm. are my two big like pillars right, so, right yeah yeah we played a lot of magic in those days then when when I was at Epic from 04 to 07 I kind of infected a bunch of my friends with magic there too mm. so we fixed the budget everybody else everybody went bought some cards fixed budget mm, you know, mm. three hundred dollars whatever buy right. some cards we played with those and so played some magic there too but yeah yeah that's it I guess. Probably. You've yeah. been playing a lot of Hearthstone, Hearthstone but that's. I've been playing a lot of Hearthstone, but that was different. since Karmica, yeah. Yeah. Huh. I started getting into Hearthstone about half a year ago, yeah. Nice. Anyways. So, what, what, like, what was the. Had, had you kind of moved away from Magic and got tired of it when Netrunner rolled around? And you're like, oh, I want to get back into one of these? Or was it more like, had you just been playing Magic, 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 boom, straight to Netrunner? No. I stopped playing Magic. I stopped playing Magic twice. Oh, <laughs> you know, before it, me was the first time. Yeah, yeah I yeah. stopped playing it a couple years before Dave asked about it. And then See you later. I was like, oh no, I'm not going back there. And uh, then I got back into it. Oh. way less money on it the second time around. I kind of had my guard up. Right. And, um, yeah, and then it, within a couple of years, I mean, once I had moved out of the, the commune, the <laughs> four guys, right. four CS uh, grad students yep. living together. Yep, yep. So we called the place. Anyways, once I moved out, Pretty much stopped playing again, hmm. um, and then I hadn't played a card game really for pro, I guess around seven years or so. Yeah. Wow. Well, what yeah. what what happened? Like, what was the catalyst that got you back into net? Into no, 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 no. Mr. Nealon got me back into. It. Got me <laughs> yes, good it. work, yeah. Andy. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, he basically brought it to Indicade LA about mm. two and a half years ago. Right. He was like just. Brought, brought the cards along, yeah. and we just started playing some games, and we had no idea what we were doing. We were right. making so many mistakes. Um, if you're curious, I can tell you some of the great. Anyways, um, <laughs> oh yes, <laughs> and yeah, we no, we had a good time, good time what though. Mandatory then, draw for Corp. So this game is going on forever. <laughs> we thought every ice implicitly had an end the run on it. Sure, uh, yeah, yes, oh, common yeah. mistake, common yeah, mistake. Yeah. Anyways, that's probably the worst of them. But um, anyways, yeah. So. Then when I went back home, I was like, that was fun. <laughs> so I went and bought, and bought just the starter box. Right. And I live in a small town, Nelson. Uh, Nelson, British Columbia. People. Lovely Nelson, British Columbia. Beautiful place. Not it is really far away. Not <laughs> yeah, I When I went to my local shop, I was like, hey, can you order some? Or you don't have Netrunner. Can you get some? You have a local shop? We do have a local game okay, shop. Okay, that's remarkable. That is a great thing. For, for, for a town of 10,000 awesome. in the interior of British Secret Columbia, Garden. that's good. Yeah, no, awesome Secret place. Garden. Yeah. Nice, that's a good name for it, too. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so I asked him if he could order some... Uh, Netrunner yeah, stuff. Order some boxes. Nice. And so he ordered them in, bought them off him. I bought two. Mm. And I gave one to a friend. Yes. I'm like, I need somebody to play yeah. with. <laughs> I bought Netrunner for people, too. Nice. And yep. uh, it's like, and then we got going. And we've got a meta, I guess, of three. Generally, okay. too. There's one guy that I play with uh, regularly. And, and then a sometimes. Yeah, and then there's yeah. a... The wild card. Yeah, another family <laughs> who's got a particularly precocious uh, savant ah, yes. uh, uh, player. An 11-year-old who <laughs> can kind of kick my ass. Who, who, who could wreck shop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah. So you've been out for a little bit because you said a second kid. Yeah. Obviously very busy. Yeah. But when you were thick in it, were you playing in Toronto Definitely, shops yeah. much? Yeah, I came across the game kind of independently because, I mean, Eddie and I live on different sides of the country, so... Yeah. But we have a group of friends. We get together in game. It was probably... It was since Penny was born, my daughter, who's now two and a half, 
it was half a year before that mm. we started doing regular board game nights and a bunch nice. of my friends have like there's a couple of guys who, who play magic competitively still mm. and we all sort of discovered never probably we had talked about it and we, we looked brought, it up uh, some some decks with us to indicate the year after ah, yes. Yes. and that's when we started ah, getting yes. into playing yes, I, I had gotten into the game at that time yeah anyway oh, yeah. so we, we our, our board game group became like a netrunner thing so nice. there, were, there were a good dozen people who were come and go like we had sort of like just a private face group Facebook group for like meeting up and whatever talk right. like pretty hardcore strategy pretty serious meta and stuff nice. like that like um, that it was, was still basically a bunch of people you knew. You weren't friends. like rolling out that's to like right. four or five or no. Harry Tarantula. Or that's right. We'd bump into people like we'd go play at a, a bar or at right. a board game cafe and people yeah. would come by and pick up the game and then become friends with us and get plugged into that ah, okay. as well. Nice. Some of my friends like Australians who are like now gone back to Australia. Like right. good group of people. Um, so yeah, I mean, I was, I was into it. There wasn't a big tournament scene in Toronto at that time. Mm. Because um, this was probably only like six months or so after the game. Came that's out right. At exactly. All. Exactly. Yeah. There were a first cycle. Right. Exactly. A couple of expansions, like what lies beneath and so on. But yeah, the game was new. So it, the tournament scene has taken off in Toronto since I stopped having time to play a lot. Which right. Was probably about six months ago, our second kid was born. Yeah. So yep. Sweet. But I was thinking a lot of Netrunner at that time, definitely. Like, Eddie and I would play, because we do all, all of our work over, like, phone or Skype. Right, right. So we'd, we'd set up, you know, <laughs> laptops with webcams. Oh, you, would just, you, could just, you could just play on Octagon. Yeah. Octagon. Oh. <laughs> oh. I gotta be honest, Octagon is quite the kludgy little piece of software. It is, too. uh... It, well, I, I mean, you can find yeah. opponents, but it's it's it it's is not, not an ideal experience. It is it is inelegant. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then I got Andy to do some of these webcam games, and he's like, "Let's just play on Octagon." Yeah. And then I bored him to tears while trying to learn the interface. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? I have to increase the credit count manually every time. Yeah. Right? But our accesses were the best because it's like, okay, you're ac accessing R and D, right? right? It's like, well, I can't see the card, you can't. So I'm like looking at my eyes, a little to the left. <laughs> you know, it's like close to the webcam to focus on the card. Can you take it out of the sleeve so I can read it? Oh, that's that card. Okay, got it. Oh man, that's good. That's good. But the game works that way, right? We in. Karmica, because our, our game has a shared draw pile. Um, so in Netrunner, I mean, each guy's got his own deck, so your stuff is kind of autonomous from the... Like, you keep an eye on what he plays, what right. he's doing over there, but you, but you, you don't you, share random state. You're not sharing a deck that both yeah. people have to draw off. Right, so, so you literally can successfully play with yeah. me that, and my cards are on this exactly. side of the world, exactly. and you and yours and are I over there, and I just got to show you what I'm doing, yeah. enough for you to like, be able to make runs or what <laughs> have you. Exactly. But yeah, our game is not that way, because it has that shared draw pile so we had, we had to come up with a way for us to Test be able to play the game <laughs> oh. you can steal cards cards are regularly yep. moving across the line right. the guys, exactly exactly so anyways we, when for karmica we created an online mm. real-time thing where eddie could connect to me directly and we had this sort of virtual tabletop that didn't enforce any rules but you could physically move cards between regions flip right. them over and not draw cards and so on right so we could bash on different rules and, and play the game with a shared random state. Interesting. Yeah. And that was super cool. And Dave had been building that tech for video game world. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. For, 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 for a few different video game prototypes. Yeah. yeah. And so we had it's this like real-time infrastructure yeah. and fleshing it out for but the still, card game. But still like card-based digital no, games? No, no totally it, was, it was just purely like some of the networking stuff that I wrote for Osmos, basically. Oh. That is like real-time connection. You can just you know, we right, really, but I, guess, we, I guess all you do is you slap a UI on it and you have a virtual table. That's right. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. Like, so we were doing RTS prototypes and, and all sorts of different right. like, networked RTS was some stuff we were playing with, like different yeah. 
Yeah, a lot of multiplayer games, prototypes, we kind of bashed on, and we would play, like these little turn-based strategy games, but we'd play with each other in this, like, real-time suite, mm -hmm. like, over the network, so we could just yeah. Yeah, play games together, even though we're 5,000 kilometers yeah. away. Yep. So, yeah, we just, as you say, like, did a kind of like a, a simple UI skin for the table and some basic controls for dragging cards between zones, and that's enough of a framework for you to be able to start... Playing a game. Or yeah, and you, it's kind of like an octagon. Like, you transact the rules yourself. Like, right. okay, I'm going to play this card. This card says, I can look at your hand and steal two cards or something. So, all right, show me. Like, Eddie, I announced to you, I'm going to drag cards out of your hand now. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> yeah. conceivably, you can always cheat, right? Like, you can get yeah, other sure. people's cards. Yeah. But for the sake of riffing on rules, it worked well. Yeah. Interesting. That's really cool. Yeah. That was yeah. cool, yeah. Yeah, it worked well. Yeah. So, you all played a bunch of Netrunner. Yes. But then you decided to make your own card game. That's true. It's called mm -hmm. Karmica. So what, 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 I mean, at a very high level, we'll get into how it may or may not be similar to Netrunner, but at a super high level, what, what, what is it, what is it about? Uh, you gotta have the elevator Kar pitch. Karma's the theme. It's all about the sort of samsara cycle of life, working your way from dung beetle up to transcendence through a number of different incarnations. Oh ho! And there's a definite what goes around comes around mechanic, which is when you play cards for their abilities, once they're done resolving, your rival can take it into their future life, mm. which is a set of cards they're going to get when they reincarnate and play their next life. And how many times do you so. reincarnate in your game? So if you're playing perfectly, you you know you manage to you don't fail at any uh, sort of uh, leveling up. It's four lives. Four lives. So you start off yeah at the absolute minimum. Minimum, and often it gets up to five or six. Yeah, lives are like a round of cards. So yeah. at the end of each life, or when you're out of cards, you score what you've done. And if you scored enough, then you level up from dung beetle to snake. And uh, if you didn't, you have to live another life or play another round of cards. Where In your you current are. incarnation. That's right. Uh -huh. So there's some drafting going on where, you know, you've got these rounds of cards. You can pass cards into your future life or what your opponent plays will go into your future life. And then your future life becomes your new starting hand for the next round. So right. sort of drafting cards... Playing cards, tactical yeah. card game. Yeah, yeah, scoring cards, multiple colors. A big part of it is sort of like slicing up your colors. Yeah, I'm going to score red this life because you can only kind of score one life per, sorry, one color per life. Right. So, so, you, so you need X amount of points to advance to like the next exactly. level. Of if you don't ascendance. get those points, you don't. And they all have to come from the same color. Exactly. That's right. Right. And if you so if you don't get enough points in a in a single color. You're gonna reincarnate and do that level over. You're, you're still rolling, but poop. you get a ring. Yeah, you're right. rolling you get, poop you get, forever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you get your you get your karmic ring, your uh, little consolation prize, which is actually balances things quite well. But which makes it easier to advance in the future. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Nice. But uh, yeah, and then and the it, life to life is like that future life play is kind of where all the drafting and what goes around comes around mechanic and all that right. stuff kind of comes together and it ties each life together. No. Yeah. So and, basically, like you benefit from the abilities of the cards that you play, but when you play a card for its ability, you offer it to your opponent to take. So you're giving them a tool for their toolbox in the next life. So it's you're constantly trying to value. Like, I've got a card that can really mess Eddie over here, but I'm also giving him a sweet card that yeah. he could send back my way next life. So, you know, is it worth it for me to do that? Or uh, a lot of the game is about paying attention to what he has taken into his future life. So if I play a nasty vengeance card on him, once he reincarnates into his next life, he takes those cards up in his hand. And now I know in his hand he's got Vengeance that I played on him next turn. So I'm like bearing that in mind during my play. Yeah. Once you've played a few times, you start tracking cards and sort of seeing the, the cards go back and forth. You know what you're, you've armed your rival with. 
and you the, play, the, you play the meta of cards oh. is not yep. that huge, and so you can you can kind of work out how things are probably going to go. Uh, you know, in terms of uh, color that they're scoring, what they're probably going to do back to you, and you, know, right. so you can hedge your bets and whatnot. I mean, so like, what, what was the what was the genesis of the game? Pretty much the idea, the idea of karma, like karma as an inspiration for the mechanics of the game. Yeah, hmm. I mean, going way back, there was like a social kind of. Uh, can, can we do a game that? A game that encourages people to be nice in the real world, sort of gamify karma. A little bit. <laughs> like we were really looking like, at a social network uh, economy, something like that. Right, and it was right. Like, you got to be compassionate yeah, to win or something. Yeah. The right. final conclusion was it's impossible to do this in, in, in a fundamentally competitive game. I, I know that's <laughs> a, like, it wasn't a competitive game. This was pre uh, card game, pre anything. It was like social network economy, something that encourages yeah. people to be nice. Uh, and any economy can be gamed. And why are people being nice to each other? Uh, it should be. I know. It, should, it should come from a deeper place. And, and right. Also, right, right. you don't want to. Right, if you're being kind because for rewards, are you actually being kind? Exactly. That's right. And yep. so eventually, mind. the answer was maybe this isn't a solvable problem or not one we want to try. We didn't want to solve it. Maybe we'll just point. make a game about dung beetles. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then. <laughs> but you know, this theme and like sort of a deck building style uh, mechanic could work really well. Right. And just, well, the whole, you know, all these deck building games, it's all this cycling, you know, cards keep coming back around and right. it's like each one is like well maybe it's like a separate life oh. and then that starts getting in and, then, and then there were a number of yeah. different right. mechanics that sort of came and went over the, the prototyping phase uh, prototyping period like there's a previous we call this like karma v2 what you play what you mm. played um karma v1 was a way more complicated game like double the length uh double the complexity double the number of cards and it was um too much and then we just <laughs> Pared it, really down. Scaled it, Pared it down, yeah. polish it. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So part of it, yeah, part of that we're talking about creating a game that had some kind of interesting social value to it. But it, again, it's hard to do that without being moralistic too. Right. It's like the moral of this story is you should be nice or something. Right. <laughs> right. Like, that's not that interesting. So another cool thing about Karma is it is kind of like morally neutral as well. Like. You know, you there are there are cards which are hostile cards. Like they damage the other person's life. Yes, and there are when, cards. <laughs> when Jesse and I were playing, a clutch. Um, it's is it dilemma? Dilemma. No. Oh, I, I thought it was the dwindle was the one that. The clutch. The dilemma is where you got to take one of your scored. Yeah, about to be scored. Yeah, sorry. The dilemma right. was so, yeah, you had the win. Literally, I had two cards left in my hand. One of them was the one that made you lose some of your points, so you couldn't. Advance to the next ring of transcendence. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and then that bounced back and forth a couple of lives. Correct, correct. So yes, it did. <laughs> I was watching two players play today. Of Leon <laughs> <laughs> these these guys really drew a nasty card called Spite. It's a powerful red card that causes a player to lose two cards randomly from their hand. It's a, it's a. It's a mm. shit card. These guys drew. It's kind of like a wanton destruction. Yep. <laughs> There's two of them in the deck in the in the core set, and these guys came across both these cards in the first round, and they were playing them against each other and just bouncing back and yeah, forth. Yeah, the and these gun. games were sticking around the whole game. Yeah, like, just crap bucket, crap bucket, like, crap bucket. <laughs> isn't what, like I didn't say this, but like, gonna swallow that. Spike. Yeah, man. Right. You gotta end the cycle of violence here. Like, <laughs> take it, move on, and like. Well, the thing is, like these cards, the power level of the cards is proportional to their point value as well. So when you play a card, you can either score it for points. Points, right, or you can play it for ability. You can't do both. You got to pick. Mm. So there's constant tension of like, do I score this? I really want to use this ability, but I give Eddie this card, and then he'll have either these points or this ability in his life. So, um, so you always have to decide. You know, the, the higher valued cards are the stronger cards. So, 
if I play a spite, like I, a nasty slash to Eddie, but now he's got a powerful, like a three-point card. So he, right. instead of playing that back on my head for its ability, oh, he, he could, could he score could still it. play it for points. Right, oh. so if he's got a few, couple of other red points, it's like, thanks, fool, you just gave me half the points yeah. I needed for my life. I just up, I'm one right. level closer. So the arm, oh, you know, this like tit-for-tat, like never-ending violent struggle often ends with someone just saying, thanks, now I got the points I need, I'm just gonna score I'm just gonna cash yeah. them out. Exactly, Man. but these guys judicious, weren't doing that. Judicious attacks are the way to go. That's well, right. I think it's because griefing is something we're used to doing, but we're also used we to are. Like, when we do play griefy cards, they happily sit in a discard pile away yeah, from everyone, right. and yeah. it's like, look they what I did. They don't there's there's no retribution. But, but, like, I can choose to refuse, like, if, if, if Dave plays a card on me and I don't want it, no. in my future I can say, no thanks, and it goes into the trash. Like, yeah. right. discard yeah. pile. Do you, you turn the other cheek? Turn the other cheek. You yeah. can. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like, imagine siphoning someone... And then they can siphon you back. Yeah. Yes, that, that, that's how the game started feeling when, when I started I started uploading Nels's life so he was stuck as a dung beetle longer because I I found that picture in my head funny. Yeah. <laughs> good, good. It's a good one. It's a, good one. <laughs> a bloated dung beetle. Oh, because that's the thing. You can't... You can't <laughs> What's he been eating? <laughs> yeah, you can't perish and then reincarnate until you actually play or that's use right. or get rid of somehow every single one yeah, of your cards. Your, your score's not locked in until you're out of cards. Like, you're right. out of cards, your life ends you lock in your score. So, I mean, you can hoard cards, or you can, you can play cards that get you more cards, like in any card game, card advantage is a thing, like mm -hmm. more tools yep. in the toolbox, but fundamentally the game is a race. Like, you yeah, gotta you play... Don't, you don't wanna tarry too long. That's mm -hmm. right, you generally, the, generally the economy is draw a card, play a card per turn. And there are ways you can combo cards together so you can tempo it more quickly. Right. But it, you wanna balance between like having enough things to get the job done, but also having as few cards as you need so you can play faster than your opponents. Yeah. I mean, Jesse and I playtested a, a round, and it felt like already that there were definitely, you could kind of, and I think we just sort of accidentally, because we hadn't played it before, adopted kind of a rush strategy where it's just get up the yes. ladder as quickly yep. as possible. But it also definitely, after like probably half the game, I was like, oh, I could see how you could definitely kind of go more slowly with this, so to speak. And you know, you're really setting cards, you're basically cashing cards for yes. future use. You'd be like, yep. I'm going to go kind of slow at the beginning, but I'm going to set myself up for like the next two or three totally. lives are going to be crushing. Yeah. yeah. You, yeah, you, it was interesting that, that that pacing thing there that also exists in Netrunner, like, I don't know if that was intentional or just kind of, it's, an, it's, a, it's a design idiom, kinda, paradigm, yeah. whatever thing that shows up often, but it was interesting to feel like, yeah. oh yes, this oh, I, yeah. I've, this is similar. Yeah, <laughs> probably having played games like Magic and Netrunner, there was a, a very early recognition on our part of like, oh, there's these different play styles and that's right. supporting mm. them and, you know. Uh, abilities that, that enable different styles of play, that's right, right. on the cards. Right. Was, yeah. was there any other stuff from Netrunner or Magic or whatever that you're like, this is an interesting idea the either the mechanical idea or like the, the the play like the back and forth that oh we wanted to explore more or differently or whatever i, I think the real time Karmica. drafting was part of it like i mean yeah. in those games you build decks right definitely was a hell of a lot of fun right yeah. like you engineer the thing that's going to like hum and purr in the game and smash your opponent but deck building is a turnoff for a lot of people you mm. know the so we kind of wanted to create a card game where you, you're doing the deck building in real time, like you're kind right. of drafting during the game in a kind of small kind of way. So having card games that are accessible to people who don't do all of the offline right. deck building or, you know, the meta research, because in many games, like, you know, if you want to stay on top of it, you got to see what's yeah, going on in the meta through. and yeah. so yeah, on and so forth. Exactly. exactly. So, so this game kind of does that in real time. So. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's, it's still... T yeah. So, I like, I don't know if I would necessarily describe Karmica as a deck-building game. No. Like, a Dominion-esque no, 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 no. It's really like a hand-building game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's like drafting hands. Yeah. 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 
Partially because I don't, I generally don't like Dominion esque deck building games because yes. I find them super solitary. Yeah, right? This is definitely, definitely. Not solitary. Yeah, no, I, it, it was like every turn I was paying. T- I mean, it helps that like, I mean, technically the game can be played with two, three, three or four, four people, and, and with, two or two v two, and right? with four yeah. people. Yeah, it can either be a free for all or a two v, two for two. So maybe it was slightly more exacerbated when it was just me and Jesse one v one. But I was paying attention to every single card yep. he was playing. Yep. While in like. Oh, I mean, someone's battle. like, I'm like, taking the foundry. It's like, okay, whatever. Is it my turn exactly. yet? Yeah. yeah, everyone's shopping in parallel. In, in exactly, yeah, yeah, shopping in parallel. And yeah. then it, then at some point, yeah, the stores close and you do some math and That's then you right. see who won. Yeah. <laughs> you know, in an early version of Karmica, like in Karmica V1, we had uh, something... Like the tableau, like Ascension... Like an Ascension in, or like, in like Dominion. Six random cards out on the table. Oh, ah, okay, right, And right. you could sort of purchase these cards... Uh, in addition to having stuff that was dealt to you. Yeah. And, right. and, wow, and you really pared it down. Holy yeah, so yeah, yeah there was that whole extra uh, element there that we just, re- <laughs> we just removed. <laughs> um, but, so yeah, but now it's basically just there's the three car- there are three cards in the bin that have or, someone has already been played, and there's a few. you can look at those, and you have a few of your own cards that can, you can use to take stuff out of the bin, but generally it's like well, what you draw is what you get. Yeah, yeah, but that's it. Uh, so the first round is like you get dealt some cards, but then it's like you don't actually, you only need to get four points in the first round, which is pretty low. Right. So you've got a lot of options there. You might want to just score some of your weaker cards, and now you're you're building up your next life, right? And mm-hmm. so the, the sort of the luck randomness of what you're dealt goes away as the lives progress. Mm-hmm. You get more and more that's sort of right. like, you know, you deal with the, the, the randomness, but you get to sort of refine more and more what it is that you're going to be working with. Yeah, you can also base your next, so you can also base your next life on like, oh, I'm not leaving so much of it to chance. Yeah, exactly. I'm I'm crafting. That's right. That's it. Yeah, so so just to clarify that point, yeah, players start with a random set of cards, and that benchmark for how many points you need to score in that first life is pretty attainable. Right. Like we ran the stats on it, like 98% of the time, just given some random cards. Given six random cards, you'll have the full points So it's like, score what you need, Pass a couple things forward, maybe ding your opponent if you can, and then you're so you're slowly starting to craft what your next life starting can be like. Yeah. And then next life is like, okay, now I need five points. So the bar is right. notching up each time you hit the mark until the end of it, where hopefully you've built up a couple of good end game tools, think cards that you know are good for whacking your opponent, and right. some points to like to lock in the win. Yeah. So yeah, in terms of like mechanics, there's or dynamics there's not necessarily a lot taken from the games but the in terms of like meatiness of uh-huh. both like netrunner and magic we wanted it to have that same level of kind of like ah oh, there's a real kind of battle going on here right yeah much more so than you'd find in, in most deck building that's games. right yeah, yeah tactical play like targeting your opponent yeah not just dominion style like i'm building my own combo engine kind of thing right yeah. and then the guys play dominion longer just has the chain deck that just keeps going right. going and yeah. then i go make a sandwich and yeah i'm done, <laughs> I'm done with dominion after that. <laughs> <Ain't> done yet <laughs> yeah. yeah but there's definitely like emergent dynamics that, that come out like in all of the games right right Inclu- yes including karmica yeah and so yeah just like recognizing them from having played these other ones so much and like who knows what how much unconscious you know influence those games right. had yeah, and it, it actually um, that actually sounds like playing through these laptop cameras is like it should, just proves how much you love this love this thing and like yeah, you guys yeah, making this game sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what was the development process like I mean you said there was already a, like a V1 that got a big revision in V2 but yeah. like was there a lot of small iterative playtesting along the way sure. yeah sure. yeah so I mean V1 was like hmm just sit down and pop open a document and start writing up cards and like you know and, and like, <laughs> like in parallel writing rules and cards right and it's like oh okay so from the outset 
feedback process between the two. Right. So from the outside, was that like, you're going to need to score points to move up this ladder, and then eventually whoever gets to the top first wins? Yeah, was that, was that, really, was that goal, goal structure like always there? Yeah. The, the color division and scoring and moving stuff to your future, it's all kind of bound up together. And right. that sort of was like, mm, think, 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 think. And then, bleh. Right. <laughs> you know, this thing came out with like you know a couple of connected mechanics. And, yeah, and that was like and, this, and that was like structure. the skeleton. This kind of the, the that everything point. else got yeah. fit around. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Crush's point. And then it got more abilities. Right. <laughs> like, that's right. And, and for sure, and I would say Ascension had a significant uh, influence on it as well. Mm. And especially you know deck building and like we had this tableau that you could purchase cards from. Right. And then scrap. So it's way less like a deck building game now than it was even at the beginning. Right. And it was already kind of borderline. So when you were playtesting it, were you playtesting with, I mean, obviously, both of the people working on it, but right. also with just, like, random friends, like, people oh, in the local community? I didn't try the game on anyone for quite a long time, I other than you. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I played it with my wife. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. My, uh, uh, <laughs> guinea pig playtester. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're, 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 you're legally obligated playtester. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, you must play this. <laughs> and, like, part of the target was, okay, she won't play Magic, she won't play Netrunner. But maybe she'll play this. That's right. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, that's. I, the, I, I mean, I've been working really hard on this. Yeah. It would mean <laughs> a lot to me if we played as a lot of card games yeah. you want to play. You, yeah, let's as much say, as you, you can. love these card games, but ah, oh, they're hardcore, right? Yeah, you guys yeah. spend a lot of money and a lot they're of time hardcore. building your decks, getting good at them, playing yeah. like, and they're difficult. So they're wanted, difficult to play casually if you don't have like a hard cadre of three or four other people that also want to play casually. Exactly. Also, exactly. a lot of that is like, it's cutthroat stuff. I, I know people that they, yes. they, they can't play with their significant others because like, they don't like yeah. blowing up someone's apartment in Netrunner. Right. Yeah. Like, why would, like, well, here you go. I'm going to punish yeah. you. It's like, why would you do that to me? It's like, yeah. it's like well, that, this guy looks nasty. I'm going to play that card. <laughs> and we're like, bring it on. Bring it on. We're just like, in your it. face. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. That's part of it too. And also, um, Thematically, I mean, magic is fantasy. It's wizards and, and dragons. And pretty abstract and, yeah, on who yeah, you are. And yeah. that cyberpunk, like, I love both those genres, but many people don't. Yeah, like, yeah. My wife is not interested in anything sci-fi related. Yeah. So she's just kind of not interested in the theme of Netrunner. And I mean, for Netrunner, that theming is just infusing the game in terms of, like, the servers and the icebreakers. And, it all yeah. like, makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And that's the beauty of the game. It's like, ice. And, and, to, and to miss right. out on that would be quite the bummer. Right. And so you can't even do that if you're not into the theme. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Was, yeah, definitely we, that goal. became another goal was like okay we want to play card games with people who may have problems with existing hardcore games can we make something that's still interesting to play that's also palatable to yeah just like people don't other have people. to spend a lot of money don't have to spend a lot of time building decks in advance but when you sit down to play you're doing a lot of these drafting and cool yeah. things and right. so it's like boom just jump in and yeah. go yeah. with some fun so that's the hope right, right. Just, we can get off on that and then casual players just scoring cards while we like combo chain combo chain <laughs> right. you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't get me wrong deck buildings like oh like you know just your binder, your cards, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Put, like building something. You sit, you sit like down at the table so and you have a good think. Yeah, and there's yeah, that moment no, during a satisfying activity. Yeah, yeah you know, and there's that like, moment during the tourney when it like everything falls together and it's just like this epiphany. Yeah, yeah. 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 So totally. it's not trying to replace that experience so much as just kind of make sure go for something a little more immediate. Yeah, right. And get it a little more. Yeah, yeah. There's a little more compartmentalized. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so but and, so you guys worked back on back and forth like, quite a bit, but yeah. didn't really. Did you playtest the, the V1 with other external folks much? Yeah. In fact... I don't think I, I did. Did you? Well, yeah. Uh, I, I can't, so I live in Nelson, came to Vancouver last year, summer, and I got uh, oh, yeah. some other ex-roommates and a few friends. <sighs> nice. Basically just handed three copies of the game. Right. Eric, Eric, and Aaron. 
And uh, you know Aaron. Yes. He also went to see, uh, you. Actually, they all went to UBC. Correct. <laughs> all, all, all the master's degrees, at least. <laughs> seeing a pattern here. In, uh, yeah. Yes. Um, and the feedback from them was good game, cool, some interesting, you know, specific critical feedback, and it's pretty complicated. Mm. You know, and then it was like, okay, let's have a good think about trying to make this into something that's a little more streamlined. Right. One of the big things that fell out of that in those old days, every card had an ability and Oh. A karmic cost. So I would play a card that says, uh, I get to draw three cards. And the karmic cost on that card was, all of your rivals get to draw a card. So I like see. some oh. slimmed down version of that. So it's like, I get a benefit, but you get a benefit. Right. Usually some weaker version of that same effect. Right. And you but get that benefit whether I played it for its ability or if I score That's it. right. So I'll score oh. the points, you guys all get to draw a card. So that doubled the amount of text on the card from what's currently right. in the game where a card has an ability. So essentially... And the amount of things that have to be resolved when that's it actually right. happens. Yeah. That's right. And I mean, just twice as much text for me to read on every new card for a new time right. player. You know, what is he playing over here? What have you got scored down there? Reading all that text. Right. So one of the things that fell out of that was, why don't we just standardize the karmic cost across the board for all cards? Yeah. Instead of each card having its own custom... Flavor-tailored kind of karmic cost. Right. The new universal karmic cost is when you play a card, your opponent has the option of taking it. Cool. And that just yeah. has the huh. amount of text and in the game. And that auto-balances it yep. for and each card. And, and right. That's right, because <laughs> right, you don't have to be like, right. oh, exactly. okay, well, I draw What's three, the, but all my points are one. one. That's right. right. I draw two. Cost of this is like, just give it to them. Karma. Right. <laughs> they, they get it too, yeah. And it's so but perfectly retains the karma right. theme, the theme, obviously. So, right. I guess because right. the text on the our card game is quite lean. It's super, yeah. like, it's yeah. super easy. Yeah. Yeah. That was well, definitely intentional. Yeah. It all felt nicely thematic, too. Like, you know, if if someone is into the theme or not, like, I think card games and board games or whatever in general that have strong theming with their mechanics, it, may, it not only is it, is it cool and nice and yeah. it improves the aesthetic experience, but it actually makes the rules way easier yep. to understand. Yeah. Like the name of the game is Karmica, you know, like hopefully you already have a preconceived notion of something like karma before you read the first word in the rule book, right. right? And so then as soon as you see, oh, future life, oh, they get the card that I just played, what goes around comes around. like. It, yeah, you just grok it instantly. Yeah, yeah, versus like, I mean, there's some obviously super great European board games, but they're so abstract. It's yes. like, I guess it's like you're moving camels through. The, it's like we're yeah. ju we're just solving a math problem, yeah, which, which is yeah. fine. Yeah. yeah, but it's yeah. like, let's be honest, we're, we're solving a math yeah. problem here. And so that's the reason why I like stuff yeah. like Netrunner and Karmica. Is like, okay, it is really evocative, and it also makes yeah. it really easy to learn. It just it just, it just makes it way more yeah. enjoyable. To both experience, but also figure out how to play. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's cool because you you have like a gateway thematic game, and yep. people that are, they get into your game are going to be like, oh, all the cards make sense, all the rules make sense, and this balancing. Because I think that's that's one of the most exciting things that drew us to Netrunner. Actually, was just yeah. how the cards make sense and in the theme. And you yeah. guys have like this this awesome like first steps into that, yeah. and something that you can totally. Dump on the other guy and then get dumped. yeah. But when I realized yeah. it's like oh clone retirement oh like if yeah. the corporation <laughs> scores it it's like they, they lose that publicity because they're yeah. like hey we're just taking care of these problems they're yeah, going yeah, yeah. they're going yeah. to the farm up north <laughs> yeah. they're, they're, they're like farm. they're actually going in the garbage <laughs> <laughs> they're they're selling them for for soy beef soy beef yeah. meat <laughs> That's right. oh oh well, I mom, we're going to Disneyland <laughs> <laughs> yeah but an interesting thing about Karmica too the more new players who, you know, you don't know personally before they sit down and play the game. You see um, the personality of the players and their play styles create pretty interesting narratives for the games, too. Mm. Like, I going back to these two guys this morning who were just whacking each other with spite over and over and over. It's like, 
You know, other players, like I played with a guy who's an ex-Buddhist uh, an hour ago, and he's, oh, man. he's attracted to like, oh, karma, that's interesting. I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. Oh, no. If this guy realizes how, like, uninformed we are. Oh, thank God, he's an ex-Buddhist. <laughs> yeah, I know, exactly. Well, he's an ex-Buddhist, so I'm like, okay. Well, so Presumably so he left Buddhism for a reason, so we're good. <laughs> yeah, no. I guess we have a habit of doing this. I mean, Osmos is like, oh, dee, I know. Dee, 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 right. just relaxing in Zen, and then it kicks you in the nads. It's a hard game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then this is like, oh, it's about karma. And it's like, oh, it's also about So, I yep. mean, th there are multiple ways of playing this, and I feel it's like closer. And there is the karmic justice. Most people are, you know, have an intuitive feeling yeah. for that. So, like, okay, you get it. You know, like, there's justice. Think bad things can happen. It'll all work out in the end. Yeah. <laughs> but definitely there's a bit of a bit of that. And there's like a almost a bit of a tarot card looking vibe to the game. But it's definitely in, in spirit and mechanically way closer to a game like Magic than yeah. it is to Tarot. Right, yeah, right, like right. the art in the game is the oh, man. So, yeah. symbolic So the art, art is rad, yeah. by the way. It's a, it, Marco it is, Bucci. There we go, that's uh, a shout out. doing awesome. Yeah, so what, what, was the, what was that process like? Because I think it would actually be awesome. There's one lady. Oh, I'm going to see if we can talk to her. Like, um, It would be awesome, I think, to talk to someone at like FFG or like sure, a director yeah. at FFG or whatever. Just be like, what is the process behind making these cards? Like, But for you guys, so obviously oh, yeah. neither of you guys are artists. You that's weren't right. doing the art. So was it like... Develop the because when Jess, Jesse and I play tested the, the the upcoming um, Netrunner expansion cycle, it was great. But like cool. they, they like they get all the pre art all, the cards that you yeah, yeah they like, like, you, you, they're, yeah, blank. they're blank. They're like it's like there's just a circle that's blank. It's like art will go here and then it's just it's just text yep. and that's and no it. card title either, just like ability. Uh, there were oh so yeah. you guys probably didn't hear about this. Yeah, this is so, good, actually no, yeah. we did, I didn't hear the podcast. Yeah, no. so for the um so for the order and chaos cards when they sent out, I guess. I assume it was for playtesting and not printing. So. Yeah. Some of the cards had different names, and a bunch of uh, cards that went out to different groups all had different names. Because FFG was trying to figure out where all these spoiler Spoils leaks were, were coming oh. from. So they're bait names. Oh. Yeah. So if you heard... This is like, yeah. this is like, like, like Tinker Tailor's Soldier Spy oh, wow. shit, right? <laughs> where it's like, oh, cause there's one card that we all know now, now I've got, I've, I've had worse, but... There was this one group who got it, and it was called Steel Skin. And then when the card was leaked as yeah. Steel Skin, they're like, "Oh, you those guys. those guys." Bob, yeah. last time you I do, yeah, But anyway, so, so the cards we got, they didn't have a name, okay, uh, with yep. that caveat, yes, and then the text. But that was it. Got it so yeah. when you guys were doing the playtesting development, was it the same kind of thing? First came the mechan the the ability mm -hmm. on the card with the number. Yep. Then came the title. Yep. Okay. Okay. So it's like okay, what you know, like what's the vibe of this card? Yeah. Like yeah just right, trash right, right. The, somebody's deed. You know, like right. the scored card. It's like okay, vengeance. I mean, there was right. a vengeance. There was a spite. There was a grudge. Grudge went out the window, but just, you saw vengeance yeah. spite. But anyways, yeah. So coming up with the title of it, something that's like thematically and mechanically appropriate. Right. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, work with Marco. And basically it was an email per card of like some reference images mm. and description of like, what does this card mean mechanically, right. thematically, and what would be some interesting, you know, compositions and subjects. Right. Like cards. So had he played the game? Um, Marco, yes, he had. Okay. Yeah, before he started. A couple times, But yeah. okay. some of those titles were also informed by the fact, like the overall theme of this thing, like we wanted symbolic... Um, kind of images for these cards are mm -hmm. kind of timeless quantities. Like, yeah. thinking about Karmica, we're talking about, like, I don't know, human philosophy or, like, the human experience. Right. Like, the cards are 
emotions we recognize or situations we recognize, like vengeance. Yeah, yeah there are no there's characters. Like a, there are no, that's right. like, I mean, there's maybe the raven that appears in a couple of images. Yeah. Sure. There's, there's parts, symbols. But, yeah, yeah, exactly. But they're, but they're, they're no, a bit more platonic. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. the titles are like that. Like, the titles describe the mechanic of the card and, like, the, the emotional... The emotional vibe, you know, that the player gets when they're playing it or when they're on the receiving end of it, but then also mm -hmm. that through the lens of like these kind of timeless Aesop's fables esque or right. you know emotional kind of like qualities. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah, that that symbolism was something we brought to Marco too. Like yeah, okay, this is a natural world. This is a card about spite. Like yeah, symbolic. Is, I think is 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 a is a good description for yeah. like what it felt like yeah. playing it. Mm -hmm. Cool. It wasn't like oh this oh yes that clearly is like. Supposed to be right, Galilee or whatever. Exactly, it's like, exactly. This is and all pastoral. Just, and that's right. Pleasant. Yeah, and, and also like historically timeless as well. Like none of, the, hopefully none of the card art is rooted in like an obvious historical period. Like it's no. not medieval. It's not East Asian. Like a game, a game about karma could easily fall into like standard kind of. Eastern society tropes. Right, right, Like Shaolin monks or something like right. that. So it's like it stays away from that yeah. stuff. Maybe I mean, it tries to stay away from humanity as well. Karma right. <laughs> exactly. That's right. As well. So we want that's to be right. even more universal. Exactly. Yeah, it definitely feels universal. I mean, if, like in general, it feels like a little bit older, but not like old timey. I mean, yes. Obviously, there's no like yeah. cars zooming around <laughs> in any of the yeah. card art. Yeah, it might be like boats, you know. Yeah, there's, there's a boat, but that's like obviously a stone boat. house. And yeah, there's like yeah, a couple things like this. Yeah. for like hundreds like, or thousands of years. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, timeless stuff. So lots of nature scenes, lots of animals, symbolic animals. Right. Like, yeah. One of the cards, um, Swindle, yeah. is is basically a straight up Aesop's fable. The the raven and the or the crow and the fox. Yeah, crow and the fox. Yeah, yeah. Nice. So the the crow's got a piece of food in his mouth. And the fox wants the food. He's sitting at the base of the tree, Trying looking up at crow. He's like, "Oh, crow! You have a, such a beautiful voice." <laughs> Which, of course, crows don't. Could you sing? For us? <laughs> right. Oh, he gets flattered by the fox, right. like, and drops his food. food. The fox yeah. is like, Yoink, "Thanks." You know, swindle. It's, it's like, yeah, that was literally just oh, so that. good. And that card's about stealing cards from the other guy's hand. Awesome. So, so anyway, yeah, there's some stuff like that. So, and that that helps with the appeal. Like, it's a nice aesthetic thing. Right. It's kind of like a unique aesthetic identity for the game that makes it stand out from other games. Yeah. As well as being like palatable to, like as I said, my wife who's not into sci-fi or whatever. Right, right. You know, it's like these are nice pieces of art, interesting themes. Like I know fox are tricky. I know crow steal shiny. Yeah, things. exactly. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, timeless yeah. stuff and like nice big brushy art that Marco does. Like awesome yeah. colors, awesome lighting. Yeah, stuff. It, 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 sometimes Marco would like jump on a specific reference and kind of just go for it. And yeah, do, like, a nice painterly uh, interpretation of it. Right, and then sometimes we'd be like, that's not at all what we asked for, it, but that's awesome. And, right, you know, that's like, right. Yeah. So nice. there was a whole mix of yeah. sort of yeah. Yeah, how, I mean, if, it feels like. That the the art on cards was able to be kind of like like you're saying broad and universal without being generic, yeah. Which is a really definitely. easy pitfall. That's for a, like, that's a tough thing to hit. Yeah, yeah definitely yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah. The that's first cool. version of Swindle was less evocative. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, just got a shitty plaid suit with like a gross Weasley mustache. <laughs> it it kind of. I mean, I understand what Marco was going for there. Like he yeah. he saw the card. And he said, "Okay, I got an idea. Went for it." it basically, the idea was like it was kind of this castle throne room or something inside. That's mm. right. A window. Inside. There's this mm. giant arm reaching in and grabbing like a crown. a crown and a goblet. So the idea was some kind okay. of like. Jack and then Beanstuck, like a big giant who you just was like, hand. Right, 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 right. just grabbing stuff off right. like the night table. You so, know? Right. <laughs> that's what he had in mind. Like, that's like, not very finesse, windily. That's more just that's brute like forcing. Kind of, yeah, like, yeah, 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 bully. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, anyways, but some back and forth. Like sometimes yeah. Marco would dig 
the concept that we had in mind and go with it. Sometimes he would say, oh, I got something. And sometimes it worked and sometimes it wasn't. And sometimes we'd propose something and he'd say, look, what about this? Like, yes, like peak. A card, very simple card. You can look at the guy's hand oh, this one. and yeah. play another card. So it's it's a only a one point card, so it has a, like the ability strength of a one point card. It's not right. a powerful card. But you can look at the other guy's hand and you can also play another card. Normally you only play one card per turn. There's a bunch of cards that let you chain effects together. So one of the ways peak can be used is to look at the other guy's hand. Uh, like at, at a key moment where he's about to score, you want to see, has he got the goods to do what he wants to do? Or has he, he got any cards <laughs> that could threaten me? Or does he have anything sweet that I might want to steal? So peek at his hand, then follow it with a swindle to yoink the good stuff. Yeah. So the, the the original original concept for peek was... <laughs> Uh, like a little, uh, uh, yeah. I was suggesting like meerkat or squirrel. Yeah, like oh. or <laughs> like creature, like sticking his head in the gopher hole. Kind of like, what? <laughs> right. Are there any, are there any threats Possibly around here? Too cutesy. I was concerned that that might happen. But then, right. Yeah, I guess. Um, and then he maybe came me back. or me, Mark. Yeah, we came up with this idea. Mark, like, he just came back with that. Like, uh, like alligator is like we were talking. Like, let's do an alligator, like with his eyes peeking us. So the just peek it out. Yeah, the, water. the predatory oh, peek. Bum, yeah, bum, not the defensive peek. Like, are there any threats around? But the peek of like. I want to see what you've you got. Don't know yeah. I'm if here. there's something sweet, I'm going to grab you and pull you in the mud. You know? Right. <laughs> so, yeah, so, like, stuff like that would be a cool concept that pops out of the blue. Like, so, that's cool. Yeah, because the theme is like blue's sly and like, like smart yeah. and That's right. Yeah. Very, very swarmy. And exactly. red's aggressive and powerful, and green is like, uh, like, Chill and more universal. Yeah, bountiful growth. Yeah, lots of those cards are like drawing card cards. Drawing, yeah, like draw three cards. Drawing four fast. Draw right. fast. Like and, cycling. And yeah. of course, in this game, drawing means you're extending the life of either you or your, your rival right. or another True. player. So you could play. I mean, I, I mean, the theme is sort of having morally neutral cards. Like red cards tend to feel violent, like you're whacking the other guy's stuff. But green cards can be played aggressively as well. So for example, correct. Just playing longevity on longevity me three times. Yeah. So it's, it's a card where the idea is like my favorite cards mechanically. Yeah, it's people really at first nice. are like, oh, I can make my life longer and get some more stuff, and then it's like, oh, I can make my rival's life longer. Yeah, and just make them sit there. That's right. Like these doddering old fools. Yeah, it's like this guy's <laughs> trying to cash out his points. Kill and me, you're like, please kill me. With longevity, you give you give a player some cards. So normally it's like, why would I want to give my opponent cards? Well, because. The guy doesn't lock his score in until he's out of cards, and yeah. so you give him cards to increase like your tempo advantage there. Yeah, right. One thing that's not clear to people, uh, you know, at first, uh, sometimes when reading the rules, is that the lives are sort of asynchronous from a geek perspective. Is that you know I could die and reincarnate when my other when, when my rival is halfway through their life. Right. And so now, okay, I'm midway through my third life. You're starting your or like midway through your second, mm -hmm. and so that just kind of. Uh, so we can kind of pull ahead of each other and reincarnate at different yeah. times. People's rounds ends at staggered times. Yeah. 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 Well, you, I mean, you so can... longevity is a way of saying, take a little longer in that That's level. right. Yeah. So. Or, or if you need to see more cards, like, oh, man, you just nailed me. I don't quite have enough points here. I need to see a few more cards to try to lock it in. So I'll longevity myself, prolonging my life. But I get to see two more cards. Hopefully, one of them lets me lock the deal in. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like the same space that Eden Shard occupies in Netrunner, right? Where it's like you trash and you force the corporation to draw two cards. It's like the corporation wants to draw cards. What is like, that? Yeah. It's like, it's like, like well, one, well. if you can access a crap load of stuff in their R and D, but the top two things are two pieces of ice, you're like, okay, well, just take them. They're not yeah. going to help you right, right now, yeah. and I get the next two. Or it's like they're already sitting on a bunch of stuff, and you're like, well, you're going to take a bunch more, and you're going to have to throw away either yep. cards you want to keep your agendas or toss your agendas. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So things that are like, this seems like I'm helping somebody else out. Oh, actually, maybe 
they are not being helped out at all. <laughs> Definitely. They're not being so nice. Yeah. Definitely. That's an interesting space to occupy for sure. Yeah. Well, it's cool. So what are, what are the... I mean, the game is obviously not fully out publicly available yet. So what is, what is, the, what is the plan for this? Uh, I figure we're two to three months from Kickstarter. Oh, ho, that's we're cool. We're going to do that. See, see, the... this, I, find, sorry, I find this interesting because games get crapped on if they do a Kickstarter now. But board games is a place where Kickstarter... Digital games. Yeah, sorry. Digital games. That's but, right. but board games, sorry, are... are, 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 doing, are Kickstarter is a great place for board games. It really is. Because yeah. so you guys are like, we need materials. Like It's like physical. Mm-hmm. But like we, how many copies should yeah, we yeah. make? Should we yeah. do a digital land? 400 or 4,000? Yeah, yeah. And material num- choices, and cost n- production. Oh. Yeah, and that number is going to hugely impact sort of costs and and whatnot, and what you can actually yeah, put see, into the box, like I think right. economy yeah. of scale and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, so people if, like, get that more. A than bunch like, of people get in on it. You can order much nicer components. That's right. Yeah. Which exactly. we're keen on. You know, we want yeah. it to feel nice. Like good components goes a long way. Like, yeah, that's for an important sure. Thing for me when I get a game. So yeah, and just getting the game out there, getting people like pre-ordering it, playing it, like. Need people to play the game, discovering you know. For us, it's a new, the whole idea of like physical games, tabletop games, brick and mortar distribution. This is like a new world for us too. I bet yeah, because it's a lot of learning to do. So much learning. And of course, this is the point where I am an idiot, and uh, I accidentally hit stop on the recorder, uh, thinking I I had not done that. Um, so we lost about the last five minutes of the conversation, which is a bummer. But the rest of the stuff is so good, we wanted to release it. Anyway, uh, sorry about that, folks. Um, but thanks for listening to what was kind of a weird but hopefully interesting episode that was a bit more crunchy on just, like, card game design and development in general, which, as a fan of Netrunner, I think is pretty darn interesting. Um, if, if you have any particular thoughts about the show, you should totally send us some um, email. I'd be very interested to hear what people think. Uh, that's just at Terminal7 at idlethumbs.net, or you can hit us up on Twitter at Term7. And as always, thank you very much to Mr. Ed Harrison for letting us use his Tin Soldiers track from the Neo Tokyo OST as the intro and outro music for the show. Uh, you should get that, as we've said in the past, because it's really good at edharrison.bandcamp.com. Wait, so do I have to hold the button down to turn it off? The time is still ticking up. No, let's go. Okay, an hour. All right, I guess... Um, you hold the button down to turn it off? I, I, I guess we will. I, I guess. Let's tap it. I tapped it and nothing happened.